It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. We are in our fourth week in our series entitled The Call. Now that is a huge, huge phrase there, the call, but we have been having fun uh, looking at different elements of our call. Last week, we talked about the fact that so many times God uses the weaknesses that he has allowed us to have, that he has intentionally put in our story to be the place where we are going to be walking out our call. And we found last week that we can get excited about that. The places that we are weak are actually places that bring him glory. And so I'm grateful that my weaknesses, Debbie, can bring God glory. Um, that's that's pretty exciting. So um, before that, we talked to Michaela Elliott, just so much fun. Go back and listen to that if you didn't have an opportunity to. But one of the things we're going to talk about today is the fact that we are called as believers, as followers of Jesus, to be encouraging other people in their call. So today is called Encouraging Others in Their Call. And I am so glad in my journey that other people spoke into my life, into my place of calling and honestly still do, right? We still need encouragement mm-hmm. on a regular basis. People still speak into my place of calling because way back when, and even today, as I led a Bible study today, um, it gives me courage to do what I'm called to do when God uses other people to speak into the calling that I'm living out. And Debbie, I'm sure that you have had that same experience. You know, Laura, you keep using the word speak people that Mm. spoke into your life and they continue to speak into your life. The word, the Bible says that words have the power to speak life uh, or to speak death. Yep. And so it's really important. um, Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are they speaking into your life and take, take stock and and what are we speaking into the lives of other people? Because those words are powerful. Yeah. Um, it's funny how, even when it comes to what we're supposed to be doing for the Lord, right. Our, our call in our lives, we can be speaking life or death into that call, how we speak about the call in our own lives. And then think of the people that God brings into your life. They have a call on their life. What are we speaking into? Are Absolutely. we encouraging it or are we tearing it down? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, um, I I know I've shared this story before, so I'll just share a a quick, quick blurb of it. But I I knew at 15 that there was a specific call in my life, right? God reveals that to all of us. I just really didn't, couldn't figure out what it was. And I knew there was something stirring in my spirit as I got older, man, 20s, 30s, 40s. I was still kind of looking, okay, God, so what is the, what is the call? How's this going to be lived out. And all the things I was doing in the meantime, certainly were part of the call, right? I was, I was doing my best to serve the Lord and teach in school and raising my daughter and all of these amazing things. But I always knew there was a direction and I hadn't been able to figure it out yet. And God used um, another voice to speak life into it. I had uh, given a testimony or spoken on mother's day at church one Sunday. And on Monday morning, the pastor of that church called me up and said, um, I need you to come into my office. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I know. What did I say wrong? You know, yeah. what did I say? And I said, okay. So I went into his office and uh, I sat down across from him and he said, you need to go to Bible school. God has a call on your life. 
to become a pastor. And I'm just telling you what you don't see. I see it. And I, I just remember being like, what? Like mm-hmm. Bible school pastor? Like this was all so foreign to me. But I'll tell you, if God hadn't used another voice to speak into me, I would not have gone to Bible school on my own. No way. And I would not have taken that next step, which really has launched me into all of the ways that I um, see God moving today, all around me and all of the different stories around me. I can see things differently now in other people's stories because of the way someone spoke into my story. I'm so grateful for that, right? Same pastor for me. Yeah. You know, I was working as a PT, physical yeah. therapist, and I was the teaching the kids at our church and leading Bible study. And he pulled me aside mm. and he said, I really think if you go back to Bible college and get your credentials, it will continue to open the doors for where God wants to take you. And I looked at him like he had four heads because I'm thinking, I don't know when I'm supposed to do that. Mm. And then my dad began to say the same thing. And wow. so, you know, my pastor and my father, and I'm going, all right, God, I hear you. Yeah. Show me how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's all about speaking life into somebody's call. And today, the two Bible heroes that we're going to look at, two prophets in the Old Testament, you have Elijah and Elisha, um, where Elijah recognized a call on Elisha's life and he stepped in. And encouraged him in a phenomenal way. Mm. We're pulling our passage today uh, from First King, First Kings 19, 19 to 21. Let me just um, share that with you. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yokes of oxen and he found himself and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him, threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and he ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I go back? Elijah replied, What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat. He gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Wow. Wow. Debbie, there is so much more to the story than meets the eye, right? We could do a super, super huge deep dive into this. I wonder um, if you got in trouble by mom and dad. You just destroyed the <laughs> oxen. <laughs> you know, All of these things we just don't know. We you just probably don't said, know. step into my office, son. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. But I think there's an overarching theme here that really aligns with what we're talking about when we're talking about encouraging uh, people in their call, because Elisha is just doing his thing, right? He's working in the fields. He's got the plows. He's got the oxen. He's doing what he always does. And along comes a man, someone who is walking in his call, and he puts his cloak around him. Now, it would have been really clear to them both what was going on here. Clearly, Elijah was a well-known man in town, right? He was the prophet that was Mm -hmm. speaking for God in that place. Elisha knew who Elijah was. And he also understood what it meant to have a cloak, a mantle that a prophet would walk in. And he understood what it meant to have that mantle transferred. So there is a, a huge thing going on here. Like Elisha, Elijah is passing the mantle onto Elisha. And I, we do have to just stop and recognize that these names are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. That's just an important, 
an important piece, right? So, so if um, we sound like we're having trouble <laughs> saying their names, we're trying to keep them yeah, straight. Saying them very slowly, right? So Elisha knew what was going on, but I feel like it's not, it's even more, um, there's something going on here beyond the, the baton getting passed. This is one man walking up to another man and encouraging him in his call. Like it's, it's like when I was talking to the pastor in the, in the church, like this was one man walking in his call who was mm-hmm. going to encourage a woman who was walking. And now he was going to direct her in the right way for her call. So it was an encouragement. I, I would imagine Elisha in this moment, who was probably really crazy amazed, but also very encouraged in what God was doing in his story. You know, there's, there's details that are not written in this passage. I mean, I wonder if in Elisha's thought life, he's plowing back and forth, back and forth in the field going, all right, this is my lot in life. Mm. This is what I do. I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to be doing this until my legs don't work anymore. Or I wonder if along the way, in all those times of turning up the soil and, and, you know, farming, had God begun to speak to him? You know, like something's coming, preparing your heart. Now we don't know that, right? It's not written there, but I I wonder because his response was rather a prepared response. Yeah. You know, how quickly he moved. And I, and I do believe God speaks to us a little, if we're listening, yep. that kind of prepares us for that moment where the cloak is put on our shoulders. Yeah. I love that. Cause we just don't know what, what has Elisha, what has God spoken to Elisha in the past, right? That this right. is the encouragement to move on. And I love, cause this is me. I'm just saying, I love that Elisha was not like Laura because I know what I would have done in that moment. If I was operating in my flesh, I would be like, Oh my goodness. Like not this cloak. I, <laughs> I am no way good enough for this cloak. Uh-uh, I, it doesn't fit. Look, it's not my color. Like I can't wear this cloak. Like Elijah, this is your cloak. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough. Like you kind of said, I've always worked with the oxen. Yeah, right? right. And like trying to give it back. That's what I typically do. And I do feel like many of us do the same thing when God gives us something to do. We're like right away. Oh my goodness. Not me. You should choose her. I am way not qualified for this job. But Elisha doesn't say that, which kind of makes me think that there might have been some conversation going on with him and God in the past, but who knows, right? He just takes the cloak. He takes the encouragement and he goes back to his family and says goodbye. I'm, I'm just going to say he did not wake up in the morning thinking this is the day he was going to leave his family. No. Mm-mm. And yet this is, this is what's going down. But on the light, just put ourselves in Elijah's um, shoes. That was a bold move. Yes. I mean, you know, first of all, Elijah knew how to hear God. And we've done a lot of teaching on this podcast, right? About hearing God, but he, he steps in and there's, there's not, there's not all these words. All right, yeah. Elisha, I need to step in my office. You know, yeah. I want I, I see some strengths and weaknesses. Yes. And I've got something for you. It's the bold move of taking mm. a very valuable cloak, a very significant cloak, mm. and and no words, just an action coming alongside and and putting a cloak around his shoulders spoke more than words. Like that mm. picture is worth a thousand words. Yep. That action was worth a thousand words. You know, we can do the same thing too. Our actions can speak louder than words. You know, supporting somebody who is stepping out into the mission field or yep. taking the initiative and saying, why don't let me take you out to dinner? 
I want to hear about what God is stirring in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's going on? What can I be praying for you for? How can I come alongside and support you? That is just the action of stepping in, leaning in to their space and saying, I'm here. What can I do to encourage you is it's kind of like what Elijah did. Yeah, it is exactly. And, and I guess the question is, um, why don't we? Yeah. You know, I, I think we, I think sometimes we talk about things and then we're like, yeah, we, we can talk about it, but are we doing it? So what keeps us, um, from encouraging other people in their call? I just, I know it's, it's not something, uh, I particularly do on an everyday basis, right? What keeps us from doing it? I, I don't know about your answer would be, I'm, I'm afraid of messing it up. I'm afraid of mm. not hearing God correctly. Mm. which is why it's so important to learn to discern the voice of God. I mean, you can get Elijah could have gotten this idea, but I think Elijah would be a good next prophet, but you know, but really that's a, I'm asking you to leave your family. Yes. I hope I'm not mistaken. You know, that's right. And so sometimes our fear of failure, our fear of not hearing God correctly can, can kind of, stall us. Yes. And I do believe there's a timing element there when God tells you to do something. Um, it's time to do it. Not yep. two years from now. Yep. That's right. You know, I, I really appreciate that. And I think I would say the same thing about myself. Sometimes I'm like, well, let's God confirm it through somebody else. Cause I don't want to be wrong. But the other thing I was thinking is, um, what about jealousy? You know, sometimes we see people walking in their call and it's easy for us to say, well, why not me? Like, A, why didn't yeah. I get that call? Or mm-hmm. I'm not really seeing what God has going on in my life advancing right now. So there can be this envy or this jealousy so that when God is asking us to encourage somebody else, we instead are turning our eyes on ourself mm-hmm. and, and we don't do it because we don't want to encourage somebody else in a place where we are perhaps experiencing some standstill. But I think that there is such a, um, I had somebody else say such an amazing thing to me. It's never, ever left my mind whenever I think of this kind of thing, right? Um, When we can see God's advancing of anybody in ministry in any way, it's actually an advancement for the kingdom, right? Right, right. When we can see what is happening with us or in the story with kingdom eyes rather than self-centered eyes, Mm -hmm. we realize that any advancement for any person is a win for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And if we're, if we're self-centered rather than kingdom centered, um, we are looking at, but what about my kingdom? Why isn't my kingdom advancing? But if we really would step back, Deb, and just say like, anytime that God advances anybody in their call, the kingdom is advancing. And if we can look at it that way, then we should be encouraging others all the time and not worrying about whether anybody's encouraging us or we see things going the way we thought that they should go because our desire should be a kingdom advancement. And uh, man, I think that's a pretty big deal. You know, my dad has said for years, and I think I'm starting to appreciate it more now. He said, Debbie, my prayer is that my ceiling becomes your floor. Mm. You think about it, that my dad's ceiling, like the, the height yeah. of ministry that he yeah. has, God's it. been able to accomplish through him, that that would be where you start. Yeah. Amen. Right. And so he said that for years. And I, I, I don't really knew that I grasped it quite as much as I do now, mm. where now I have sons and daughter-in-laws who mm-hmm. are active in ministry and to be able to say to them, 
my prayer is that my ceiling, the height at which God uses me is the ground where you start. Amen. Amen. I mean, that's, that's, and I understand my dad's comment, right? That is kingdom minded versus I want to be the great that goes down in the books. Yes. Right. That's not, that's not kingdom minded. I want to lay a foundation so that you, God just ignites you and lights you up and continues to take revival. Yes. It's, it's the next generation of revival. Yes. Right. That's, That's what right. we're praying for in the lives of our families. That's right. You can't do that when you, you want the attention when jealousy is an issue and it's an yes. issue in ministry. It's absolutely an issue in ministry and you need to be set free of it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. So how can we encourage other people in their call? Deb, what, what does that look like? What do you think? I encourage, I think we go back and remember some of the things we talked about in the first podcast of the month where Mm -hmm. God, show me, show me who you want to use me to speak life into, you know, who has giftings or callings that, I mean, God is the one that defines the call in someone's life. We, I don't think we have the right to, to tell somebody what their call is, but we do have an opportunity to say, I see potential in this area in your life. Um, so we ask God, just be sensitive yeah. to the spirit, ask him, show me who's around me, you know, who I can speak life and encourage, and then yeah. step in, in any way that the Lord gives you direction. It might be an opportunity of just giving them a, an opportunity to try something yeah. that you're helping them get their, get the door open to get started. Yep. Yep. Amen. I think another thing is have a generous spirit and have an attitude of humility. I think that the generosity and the humility piece come together. You know, this was Elijah's cloak. Honestly, though, Elijah probably was like, Hey, this was God's cloak. Let's leave it at that. Right. Right. But Elijah uh, had a generous spirit. He was willing to give up what he had carried for someone else. I do think there's a piece to that with kingdom growth too, because sometimes when it is time to pass the baton, Mm -hmm. it's hard to let go of the baton because we've been holding on the baton for a long time. And we can think, well, this was my ministry, or this was what I did, or this was the study that I led. And now God's asking me to give it up. And that is hard stuff. But if we can have a generous spirit, be like, I'm giving it up willingly and with an attitude of humility, um, if we can be willing to give something up for somebody else in our call, I think that is huge. We have to have this uh, idea of empty hands. I, I say that to myself all the time, honestly, when I'm doing something that would be for the kingdom, I'm constantly like, God, what this is for this season, my hands are open. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, if, if this is not for me anymore, then please take it and do what you will with it. Right. You got to have empty hands, a generous spirit and attitude of humility. And I think there also comes along with that an understanding that God is sovereign. And if he says it's no longer for your hands, we can trust him with that. Right. If we don't have those empty hands, then we get to, we'll miss the joy of giving up what someone else gets to hold. You know, the visual with the baton is significant. Um, in four, four Julys ago, you know, you and I were both on staff together. And at the end of July was when I stepped down out of that pastor position for kids, kids ministry. And our final day um, of teaching, I created this whole mm-hmm. visual with relay races and batons. And at the very end, the kids knew that they knew I was leaving. I had like a seven month exit ramp out. So it was very well I think shepherded their hearts that I was leaving, but we actually had a baton and I had names and dates on it. And I handed the baton 
to the next mm-hmm. leaders of the kids ministry. Mm-hmm. And we prayed over them with the batons in their hands. That's and then awesome. I had another baton. This was more for the kids to see this that had the date. And it was the beginning of the next part of the race for me, mm-hmm. but it was a different track, yeah, right? It was, uh, he was taking awesome. me off of that one track with kids ministry and it was a new track, but I that's had awesome. to let go of the kids ministry baton, physically let go, place it in their hands in order for me to take the new baton that mm-hmm. God had for me. So when you're using those, that visual, like to me, I have still the baton that was my new one. Yeah, right. I love that it. I really didn't know where the track was leading, but right. I just knew I was had to get off of the previous one. Right. I think right. you know, I look back at Elijah, that cloak was a baton, right? Mm-hmm. He hands it to Elijah. But let's what if we flipped it, right? What if you were Elisha doing your own business, plowing yeah. the fields? And Elijah puts the cloak on you. Yeah. Look at his response. Yeah. I mean, he just ran, he turned around. He ran, he burned the plow. He gave everything that he had for the call, right? And he just ran with it. Man, Laura, there's going to be times when we are called to be the encourager. And there are going to be times where we are the one encouraged. Yep. But both of us, right? Both Elijah and Elisha had their hearts positioned, ready to hear the spirit of God, right? And then to move, yep. to move in that moment. If yep. one of them had not had their heart in the right position. Elijah could have missed the timing. Yep. He could have missed the right, picking the right person. Yep. Yep. You know, he could have missed that. Or, or Elisha could have said, yeah, this isn't for me. Yes. You know, so, so it's important for each of us at any given moment to be aligning our hearts in a place where we're hearing God, you know, positioning ourselves to really hear him well, because we just don't know when he's going to call us to speak a word That's or right. to receive a word. That's right. Amen. Amen. I think there's nothing like it too, Deb, when God encourages you through someplace else and you just jump in, you know, it's, it's so exciting. So as we wrap up uh, today, I'm excited. I know you are too, for our next uh, month. Cannot believe that we are heading into April, April, big deal. And we're heading into Easter. It is going fast. And so we're going to, uh, just like we did at Christmas, we did a fresh perspective on the Christmas story. We're going to do a fresh perspective on the Easter story using the Reads method. And we are going to have with us our very special guest, uh, Deb's dad, Kurt Kahn, and uh, he'll be with us for a few of those episodes. Can't wait to see what God's fresh perspective on Easter is for us this year. I just love that so much. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope you'll join us. And thanks for being with us in this month of uh, March. I know God has a great Uh, plan for each of our stories and just praying for you all as you seek out God's will to know the way to go, to glory in your weakness, to encourage each other and man, to, to look at that next generation and just cheer them on. That's right. God is so good and so faithful. So God bless you guys. We'll talk to you next month. All right. Take care. We believe that God will use what we share to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.